Thank you for joining me here today, Tiffany. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, we've come together today to discuss uh, what is religion? What's the point of it? Um, why is it necessary? I guess a lot of people, um, they ask, especially atheists, like they, they don't see what is the point to it. Yeah. Uh, is that something that you've maybe heard before? Yes. Uh, I've heard many people say um, they're either atheists or agnostic because it seems like religion or at least organized religion uh, is more a part of the problem than a part of the solution in the world. So, uh, yeah, they, they don't see that it's actually doing anything to better mankind. Yeah, so I guess, I guess we can start off by discussing uh, what is the point of religion, you know? And, and when we answer that question, I guess we'll see if religion is important or not, uh, if it's necessary or not. And uh, I guess the one thing that's in common between all of the religions, whether we're talking about the three main Western religions, which are Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, or we're talking about Eastern religions such as Hinduism, Buddhism, or other uh, Eastern philosophies, we have the same theme, although it's a little bit different, but it's the, the same theme that's shared between all of them. And that is that there's a place of damnation, there's a bad place that a person can, can go to, and there's a place of salvation. There's a good place that a person can, can reach or go to. Uh, sometimes this is heaven and hell. Uh, other times uh, it is uh, in reincarnation, like either you're reincarnating in a worse condition, in, a, in, a, in an incarnation that's filled with suffering or as a lower life form, or you're incarnating in a, in a higher uh, life form or a, a better position. Right? Yes. So the goal of religion then would be, we could say, it is the method or the way by which a person, if he follows these instructions, he can get to the better place or obtain salvation and avoid damnation. Would you agree? Yes. Is there any other point to religion other than that? No, it is one common thread. It, it seems uh, that everyone agrees on this point, that we are all striving to get to a better place. So um, even the people that say, for example, well, I'm not really in religion because I'm afraid of hell or because I want paradise, but I'm in religion because I want to be a better person. Even that mere wanting to be a better person and that's that's i guess salvation right in a way because you're you're wanting to be better instead of worse so in judaism the way that a person can reach uh, salvation is by what by upholding the judaic laws so in judaism um, they mainly believe that moses spoke with god Moses was a messenger of God. God had a set of commandments, a set of rules and laws, things that he wanted his chosen people to abide by. There's things that God didn't like, and there's things that God did like. And uh, the, the way that a Jew can obtain salvation 
is through upholding, safeguarding these laws and through worshiping God. So you worship God, you do the things that he asks you to do, and you avoid the place of damnation. If you break God's laws, and for example, you don't uh, circumcise your children or um, you work on the Sabbath uh, or you break one of his commandments, then that could end up resulting in death or in the damnation of the person. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. What about in Christianity, Tiffany? What's what's the method of salvation in Christianity? So in Christianity, uh, it's believed that Jesus came with a new covenant and mm -hmm. uh, by professing your belief in Jesus that, that you are saved. Basically, Jesus came and his uh, sacrificing of himself uh, absolves people of their sins. And all you have to do is say that you believe in Jesus and you believe that he was truthful and who he said he was and that he made that sacrifice. And that is your salvation. Okay, so in Christianity, a person, it's not so much about uh, upholding the commandments of God. Yeah, it's a new covenant, right? So Yeah, so the new covenant, but then, but then it also means that there's a whole new way in Christianity of obtaining salvation. Yes, exactly. And that way of attaining salvation is through recognizing uh, who God is and uh, professing belief. In that, so it's belief that leads to salvation. Is there anything else? Um, I, this is the main uh, way to obtain salvation in Christianity. Um, it's not that the Ten Commandments are not to be followed. They do believe in upholding them, but they believe that basically we're all sinners and we're all imperfect and we're all going to make mistakes. And the only way to truly obtain salvation is to, as you said, profess who God is. So in Christianity, Adam sinned, right? He's the one responsible for original sin. And because of the original sin, death came into the world. Yeah? And then God incarnated as Jesus in order that people may uh, accept him, that he may sacrifice himself, and people recognize that, and then by that recognition, uh, that the sacrifice of Jesus cancels out the sin of, uh, it's like payment for the sin of Adam. Is that right? Yes, that's the understanding. Uh, taught by the writings of Paul in the Bible. And... and so why does death still exist? after the sacrifice of Jesus? The, Why do Christians die? If their sin is taken away, and if death is the, is the cost of sin, like it's the result of sin, that nobody dies except for the sinful, right? When Adam had sinned, death came into the world. Yes. And that's how they explain in Christianity the reason why there is death, right? And in Judaism. That death came about because people were bad, because God himself, uh, I, I guess they recognize that, you know, death is a painful thing. It hurts people. People didn't like to die. People didn't want to separate from their loved ones and from the world. Right. It's a source yeah. of pain. It's a source of pain. 
So when they were explaining, like, what is the reason behind the source of pain, they said that the reason why death came into the world is because people were bad. They didn't listen. They sinned uh, against God. So um, death came to be. And then when Jesus died, he died without sin, right? And that sacrifice that he made, uh, his death without sin, because now, now he, he, he didn't have a price to pay, but yeah, he died. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so he's not now dying to pay for anything wrong that he did. This is like a malfunction now in the matrix, right? Because... Because you can only die if you had sinned, but he didn't sin, but he died. So then there has to be a reason behind it. So what's the reason behind it? That he gave himself as a sacrifice for the sins of everyone. Okay, so, so his death then is explained in that way, that it's as a ransom for? The sins of everyone, yes. And uh, actually, for, for all time, they believed that it was a sacrifice that took away the sins of mankind for all time, or the believers, those who profess their faith in Jesus. So then that would mean that all those who profess their faith in Jesus, uh, they can die at peace and they will never be judged for anything because Jesus already paid for uh, their sins by his death. Yes. But then why is it that they die? question because the whole concept right is that is that jesus by sacrificing himself and dying in exchange of the sins of other people he had now negated the sin of adam the original sin of adam there's no more sin for the believers anymore and he conquers death yes and that's like a core most important part of christianity is they he dies he goes to hell for three days in some views, right? Or he dies for three days, and then he comes back. Yes. And so he defeats death. There's no death anymore. Yeah. And that was kind of like the promise that was made now to Christians is that, is that anybody who follows Jesus, they too, by extension, don't have to suffer death anymore. Yes. And, yeah. But then they die. But, no, but has, has there been anybody who has conquered death since the time Jesus? Um, is there any Christians that are still alive? They all die. They they all die. So then, what's the what's the point? Where's the what's the where's the? So so the idea that they teach is that you gain eternal life. You know, life after death, you have eternal life. But then, what's the point of the story of the resurrection? Right? Because he's not conquering like spiritual death. He's conquering physical death. He comes back, you know, from the dead in this world, yes. according to the Christians, right? Exactly. If it was about spiritual death that he conquered it, then Jesus would have just sacrificed himself on the cross and just went to heaven and that would have been the end of the story. Yeah. It's a it's a question that nobody can actually answer why people continue to die if, if this entire concept uh, is as they teach it, that Jesus sacrificed himself and he conquered death and uh, the Christians, they, they too uh, will not die, but we still die. 
the only answer uh, is that the story isn't adding up. Um, how can I be saved by just professing my faith in Jesus and uh, Jesus conquered death through his sacrifice and yet I'm, I'm still going to die? Um, for me, this isn't adding up. When, when Jesus was sent to the Jews, to, the, to Israel, was he sent as a sacrifice or was he sent as their king? That's, that is uh, extremely important because that's uh, something that they don't really talk so much about in Christianity. They, they talk about him as a king of heaven, not an earthly king. But the Jews, they were waiting and they still are waiting actually for the Messiah to come and to be an earthly king. They were expecting for him to bring about like a utopian society here on earth and not in the hereafter. So, um, but regardless of their expectations, like what was the obligation, I guess, that rested upon the Jews in that day and age when Jesus came? If, if Jesus was, was coming to them as a king and a messiah, then there seems to be this obligation upon the Jews that they have to give him victory. Yes. Yeah? That was they it. have to support him. They have to protect him from dying. They have to actually enable him to rule in order that Jesus spreads justice and equity. Exactly. Right? But if he was just, if it was intended from the beginning that he's a king of heaven and he's not a king of earth, or that they're, they're really like the whole meaning of it is that he's supposed to be sacrificed, then, then how can the Jews be blamed? I mean, shouldn't they be rewarded for contributing to the factors which led to his sacrifice? Wow. That's a, that's a question I've never even thought to ask. But what do you think? Um, I like, mean, what, what do you think the I'm... response of like your parents would be or your, your pastor, your preacher, or the, you know, the general Christian people? I mean, you were Christian your whole life, right? Mm -hmm. What was the obligation of the Jews? Um, their obligation and I guess the understanding in Christianity is that they should have uh, believed in Jesus or, you know, they should have believed in him and been a support to him. But as you said... So they should have supported him to do what? To... To not die, right? Yeah, to not die. Uh, I guess it's uh, up to people's interpretation whether they were supposed to support him in, uh, in uh, ruling or, you know, but he... He was, they should have been a protection for him to not die, of course. Um, the believers were supposed to be his companions. So when, when, when Jesus was, was arrested, there's this scene in the Bible where he's being presented to, you know, the Roman authorities. And he's asked, he's, he's asked, so are you the king of the Jews? Mm -hmm. Do you remember that, that yes. sentence? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why would it be? that the Roman authorities, who are not Jewish, uh, ask him such a question? Because people were speaking of him in such a way. So he was sent as a king. He was claiming to be sent as a king. This was part of his teaching, right? He was claiming to be the Messiah, as we know from the Bible. I mean, he, people were proclaiming that he was the Messiah, and he was confirming this, uh, maybe not openly, but at least to his close companions. And word was spreading that he was the Messiah. And the Messiah was understood to be the king of the Jews. So they betrayed him or they did him a favor? Which one is it? Who can answer that, that question? Obviously, it would be a, 
uh, I mean, you as a you as a as a former Christian uh, should be able to answer. Um, I mean, according to the the logic of Christianity, then we would have to say that they did him a favor because if that was his mission that he came to complete, then they helped him to do that. But it doesn't really make sense. No, it doesn't, because then it also makes Judas Iscariot the hero of the story, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we have a problem there. We do. So it's almost like Moses, he comes with, with the commandments from God, and he says that these are the commandments, we have to follow them, and we have to abide by these laws. And then Jesus comes along and um, things change in the sense that uh, he teaches or Christians understand that, that human beings uh, are incapable of upholding the commandments of God. So it's not necessary to uphold the commandments, it's just necessary to believe in God and recognize him. Yeah, ultimately, yes. Yeah. So in Christianity... Um, if you professed faith in Jesus Christ, even if you broke the commandments of God, you would still be saved. You could still go to heaven. Yes. Okay. So then comes along Islam, and Islam now has has also a new a new covenant. Uh, it has its own sets of commandments, its own understandings of salvation. Uh, what happens there? We have in Sunni Islam uh, the primary focus seems to be on upholding the commandments of God. That God said you have to uh, profess your faith in the oneness of God. You have to pray five times a day. You have to fast in the month of Ramadan. You have to give charity. You have to make pilgrimage once in your lifetime. As long as you uphold these basic commandments, then you'll be saved as a Muslim. Right, and so it kind of mirrors the the understanding that the Jews have in many ways, but then you also have uh, in Islam this other sect, which is the Shia, and the Shia they pretty much are saying the same thing what the Christians are saying. They're saying that it is important to uphold the commandments. It is important to pray, for example. It's important to fast. It's important to do all these things. Uh, but there's this concept of the wilaya. And salvation for the Shia comes through the professing of faith in the imam of the time. As long as you do that, then you will go into heaven regardless and you'll uh, attain salvation. Interesting. It is interesting, right? And it's interesting because the Prophet Muhammad he said that, uh, you know, he told the Muslim nation that they would follow in the same footsteps as the Christians and the Jews, step by step, so much so that if they were to fall into the hole of a lizard, that the Muslims would follow behind them. And so they became very much like the Jews and very much like the Christians in their understanding of the concept of salvation, which is really their understanding of the whole uh, point of religion. And then there comes the seventh covenant, all right? Um, how how do we how do we understand salvation in the seventh covenant? But before we get there, we want to talk about salvation in some of the Eastern philosophies, real quick. 
How do people attain salvation in some of the Eastern philosophies? Um, it's about your, your behavior, right? Um, they believe in the concept of karma and reincarnation. And um, as you said before, it, it's about um, getting to a better state, right? So your actions uh, determine the state that you go into after your current life. In the Eastern philosophies, um, a person can attain salvation through gathering of knowledge. That when you understand things how they really are, then you can uh, obtain salvation. And a big part of that is the understanding that when you hurt somebody, it's as if you're hurting yourself. When you're when you're doing a good deed, it's as if you're because um, you and all that is around you is connected in in one shape or form, and there's this idea of reincarnation and karma. So, uh, if you slaughter an animal, then the animal would come back, and he'd slaughter you in a uh, future life, right? Yes. So, in some of these Eastern philosophies, um, you know, they say that okay, well, I have to make sure that I'm not doing anything bad, so that I end up in a better place, because if I do bad to somebody else, it's going to come back on me. Um, we have the same idea of karma. Uh, and we believe that the reason, the real reason why the Buddha was sent was not just so that he could teach people on an individual basis um, that they can't hurt others, but rather that they help the Buddha and they collectively ensure that the atmosphere and the space uh, and the city and the planet that they're living on is a place where bad things can't happen, where they put an end to the ability of anybody else to bring forward uh, bad karma or to hurt somebody. It's attaining salvation through saving others, attaining salvation through the alleviation of the suffering of others. That's beautiful. Well, then we come to the seventh covenant. Now, how do we, how do we understand, and you know, what is the seventh covenant's stance on these other understandings of salvation? Uh, are the Jews right or wrong? Are the Christians, are the Muslims, are the Buddhists and the Hindus? How do we understand uh, the concept of salvation in the seventh covenant? I think what's amazing about everything that we have learned in this religion is that there's actually truth everywhere, mm -hmm. right? So uh, if you look at the concept of salvation in Judaism, Christianity, Islam, and the Eastern faiths, none of them has the full understanding of the reality of salvation, right? But there's similarities. There's things that, that, that do pop up in all of them. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, Actually, the truth is uh, something which combines everything. It sum summarizes everything. So in the Seventh Covenant, uh, it's not simply about um, actions, uh, upholding God's commandments, although that was an aspect of religion, a tool that helped people to uh, be in the right state. Um, and it's not simply about uh, professing uh, faith. Right? It's not simply about recognizing God, although that is a core tenet of it. Um, it's about pledging your allegiance to the right person, right? uh, recognizing where God resides, uh, what man God is residing in, and uh, 
allowing him uh, to spread salvation on earth, basically, to, to rule on earth and to, uh, to put things in the right place on earth in a way that no... Uh, in a way that's never been actually practiced in the world. It's never, it's never actually happened that the right person had the authority to rule and to put things uh, as they were meant to be in this world. Yeah, well said. I think that um, definitely all of them are right um, in their understanding, uh, in their partial understanding of how to attain salvation, but at the same time, they've missed like a very important, vital point in it all. In the Seventh Covenant, uh, we believe that religion is a man. Okay, so just like the Christians, it's extremely important and salvation cannot be attained unless we recognize the Imam of the time, that Spirit of God. In the time of Jesus, uh, Jesus was the, the Imam of the time, he was the proof of God in the time, he was the living Spirit of God in the time, and nobody could get to the Father except through him. So there was an importance uh, in believing in him. The same thing goes for today. The same thing goes for every day and age. So recognizing the imam is vital, but at the same time, we believe that Jesus said something which was quite disturbing in the Bible. He said that not everyone who says master, master Not everyone who, who says master, master will enter into the kingdom. Will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Prophet Muhammad also said something similar. He said that on the day of judgment, he'll be standing by the pond of Al-Kawthar. And he'll see a bunch of his companions that will come by. And he will say, those are my companions. And then they will be driven off away from him. And it will be said to him, you don't know what they did after you. And so the idea that it is simply enough to recognize and profess faith in the hujjah or the imam of the time is sufficient to obtain salvation is broken by the very words of Jesus and the very words of Muhammad sallallahu so then what's missing from the equation? Is, is the missing part the actions, the deeds? Is it the following of the commandments? I think that in Judaism, what they do is they put this extreme emphasis on the commandments. Okay, here's what we got from Moses. Now we just have to do it. It doesn't matter uh, who the prophet or the messenger is. You know, it's almost like the Jews are saying the exact, the exact words of Omar on the night of the passing of the Prophet Muhammad where the Prophet Muhammad was on his deathbed. He's saying, hey, let me write this will. If you hold on to it, you'll never go astray. And in that will, he wanted to write the names of his successors. Uh, Omar says, well, he says, it's not important. What's important, you know, is that we have the book of Allah. And the book of Allah had the commandments in there. You have to pray, you have to fast, these things. So it's almost like the Jews are wanting to delete the part about the successors, the part about Jesus, the part about 
um, the imam of the time and they're holding holding on to the commandments and vice versa the the opposite is true when it comes to the christians they're holding on to the imam or the man of the time and they're saying the commandments are not that important um whereas what we're saying is that it is extremely important to recognize a the man and then b we have to as a sign and verification of our faith obey every commandment that comes from that man so we can't just uh, obey and fulfill the commandments of the prayer and the fasting and these types of things based on books of those who came before but it's the the commandments as given to us as explained to us in that time by that man yes i mean yeah. I, I can see where it's actually a, a line that's leading to the same place mm-hmm. so the actions are putting us in the state where we will recognize that man and then after recognizing that man you have to submit yourself to that man because you recognize that god placed him there and it's all leading to something right it's leading to the rulership of that man mm-hmm. because that's actually what god wants otherwise there would be no point to that to to recognizing him and to doing these actions like they're all having to to lead to some point which is his rulership so then somebody might say okay so we're following you we understand what you're saying but still why is it important that we we follow this man and obey his commandments i mean what's the point right and i guess uh the promise right that the that's present in judaism and in christianity and in islam is that there's this place that is free of suffering uh, there's an ideal world there's a perfect place that a person can can reach to and be with other perfect people in a perfect world it's like a utopia yeah where there's plenty of food, plenty of drink, there's no poverty, there's no jealousy, there's no crime that exists over there. There's only feelings of love and sharing and the prosperity and peace that exist in this in this realm. We believe that it was God's intention because he is good and he is perfect that not only does he have this realm in the hereafter that's perfect, but rather his perfection has to permeate through all realms and all places and all worlds right so so the whole point of religion and the whole sending of a representative of himself that carries within him the spirit of god is to create a heaven a utopia on earth as it is in heaven but the only reason why it's working in heaven is because in that realm the kingships to god rulerships to god he's the one who's walking in the garden right uh, and he's overseeing creation and he's present over there so because he's present and because he's in charge because he's being obeyed because he's being recognized because his commandments are being upheld in that world uh, we have a perfect place that's going on and so he decides to send his spirit into this world so that he also may give commandments guide people uh, be obeyed and uh, create on earth a utopia a heaven on earth so to speak where there's no suffering and where everybody gets along and shares in all things yeah. so that's the the point the point 
and the importance of religion is because when you recognize his spirit, when you seek to get close, closer to God, you're actually creating a place that is free from karmic chaos and karmic sin that's going to come back on you. And you are not only saving yourself, but you're saving others from that place of eternal damnation. And that's the, the point that was missing from Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. But actually, it was always really there. Yeah. It's just that after the prophet died, they chose to focus on uh, the other aspects and distort the religion. They misunderstood uh, or chose to willingly abandon for worldly purposes, as Omar did when he said, it's enough for us to have the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They chose to disregard this other important factor of, of the religion. Um, I, I'm actually really amazed and fascinated every time that we learn about or discuss uh, all of the, the ways that the religions that seem separate, they're actually pointing towards the same thing. And uh, this is this concept uh, of salvation, which people clearly want, uh, people are clearly searching for, but it has been so often misunderstood or um, only understood partially, as you said. Uh, understanding it fully and truly uh, has the potential to completely change the world. The world is uh, completely in chaos right now. Uh, the state of the world is such that we we need to to fix it, and the only uh, force capable of fixing this chaos and this mess is God. So then, how do we reach salvation? That's the question. That is the question. Thank you so much for this conversation, Tiffany. I appreciate that. <laughs>